Good morning, Christ Prez. Our scripture reading is Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Hear the word of God. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So imagine the story. There's Bartimaeus. He's at the edge of the city, poor, begging, blind. He depends on the mercy and generosity of others for his daily survival. So he's an outsider, socially and physically. But he's also an outsider spiritually. And we know this because he's sitting by the roadside. This little detail is significant because in Mark's gospel, discipleship is always defined and demonstrated by people who are following Jesus on the road. Bartimaeus isn't on the road. He's sitting beside it, which means he's not following Jesus. He's not a disciple. He's a spiritual outsider. So we have this picture of Bartimaeus. He's poor. He's blind. He's begging. And I wonder, can we identify with this man? Can we see that his condition is in a real way ours too. His need is our need. Now you might think, no, wait a second. Uh, I might be poor, but I'm not that poor. And I'm certainly not blind. I mean, we can see, right? Mark says, not so fast. This is the second of two stories in Mark's gospel about Jesus healing a blind man. These stories about Jesus healing people's blindness are here because they happen, but their location within Mark's gospel is significant. We didn't look at the first healing of a blind man at Bethsaida, but that story came in the middle of chapter 8, right before Peter's confession that Jesus is the Messiah. So you have a blind man being healed, and then you have Peter for the first time confessing Jesus' true identity. See, Mark is making a point about spiritual sight. Well, then continuing in Mark, chapters 9 and 10 are all about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to deny ourselves and to take up the cross. And we see again and again that the disciples' vision is still shaped by the world's priorities and values. Jesus says, I'm going to the cross, but the disciples can't stop talking about thrones. See, they're blind. And now here, at the very end of chapter 10, right before Jesus goes into Jerusalem, we get one more story about him healing a blind man. I mean, it's pretty clear that Mark wants us to think about the deeper issue of spiritual blindness. It's like he's showing us that Bartimaeus' physical need is our spiritual need. His physical blindness highlights our spiritual blindness. Bartimaeus' physical condition shows us the poverty and hopelessness of our situation apart from God's grace. If you're like me, something in you recoils at the thought that you might be spiritually blind. Most of us are fine with the idea that some people are spiritually blind, just not us. It's convenient how that works. We tend to think they're blind. They need conversion. uh, But Mark's gospel is teaching us to say, 
I'm blind and I need conversion. Spiritual blindness, Mark is showing us, cuts across all sections of humanity. It's part of the human condition. As we've gone through Mark's gospel, we've seen that no one really understands Jesus. No one really gets who he is or what he's up to. Not the moral religious people, the scribes and Pharisees. Not the secular pagan people, the Gentiles. Not the disciples, the people who are already following Jesus. Three times now, Mark has explained to the disciples that that he is going to suffer and die and be raised from the dead. And the disciples still don't get it. And it'd be so easy to think, well, that's their problem. But no, I think the point is, this is our problem. We who are trying to follow Jesus can be just as spiritually blind as those who aren't. In fact, uh, one of the great ironies of this passage is that Bartimaeus, this blind beggar beside the road, he, he actually demonstrates more spiritual sight than the disciples who have been following Jesus for some time now. Compare this passage to the passage we looked at last week. You remember James and John, they approached Jesus and they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. (laughs) The worst of all prayers. Bartimaeus, in contrast, cries out in desperation, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's especially interesting that he calls Jesus the son of David because um, that's a way of acknowledging Jesus to be the Messiah. Everyone knew that the Messiah would be from the line of King David. And And so the approach to Jesus is so very different. The request is also very different. In both passages, Jesus asks uh, James and John and then Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? It's the exact same question in both passages. And how do James and John answer? They say, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. See, they ask for honor and privilege and greatness. What does Bartimaeus want from Jesus? He says, Rabbi, let me see. Um, it's simple. It's ordinary, like he, he wants his eyes to work. James and John ask for glory. Bartimaeus asks for mercy. See, he's not following Jesus yet, but he acts more like a disciple than those who are. That's interesting. See, spiritual blindness can be just as much a problem for those of us who are following Jesus as it is for those who aren't. The bottom line is that apart from God's grace, none of us can see Jesus rightly. I wonder if you're someone who follows Jesus, is that more for you about power and greatness or is it more for you about denying yourself and taking up the cross? See, the question this passage forces on us is, how is our our spiritual vision? Is it still cloudy? And, And if it is cloudy, the passage wants to say there's hope. Because God is full of grace. He's a God who loves bringing people out of darkness and into the light. How does this happen? What what does the process look like? What does this story about Bartimaeus teach us about how Jesus gives sight? The process begins with desperation. Look at how desperate Bartimaeus is. Um, He's a model for us in his desperation. Um, he's crying, he's fussing, he's acting like a child. He's acting like one to whom the kingdom belongs. There's nothing dignified about it. He's just saying, crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Contrast this approach with the powerful rich ruler we met two weeks ago. You remember him? He came to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, all these commands I have kept since I was a child. 
He approaches Jesus from a place of power and moral righteousness, fullness and strength. Bartimaeus approaches Jesus from a place of marginalization, weakness and powerlessness. One man says, what must I do? The other man says, have mercy on me. One man says, look at all I have done. And the other says, look at all that I need. See, their approaches to Jesus could not be more different. And look at the outcomes. The rich ruler thinks he can see clearly, yet he walks away blind. Bartimaeus is blind and he walks away seeing. One one man has everything and goes away sad. The other has nothing and goes away rejoicing. One man has power and wealth and we never learn his name. The other man is powerless and his name will be remembered forever. See, what's going on? This is the revolution of Jesus' kingdom. In his kingdom, the values of the world are flipped upside down. In the world, even in religion, it is the rich, the strong, the powerful, the put together, the talented, the credentialed, who are rewarded and honored. But in Jesus' kingdom, it's the weak, the poor, the broken, the disenfranchised, the desperate, those who know they are needy and who cry out for help. These are the ones who are exalted and honored and remembered by Jesus. My old teacher, Jim Edwards, puts it like this. The kingdom of heaven is not for the well-meaning, but for the desperate. You know, later Jesus will tell Bartimaeus, your faith has made you well. It could also be translated, your faith has saved you. I think we'd miss the point if we tried to make some kind of distinction between Jesus saving the man on one hand versus the man's faith saving him on the other. Um, The point, I think, is that this is just what faith is. This is what faith does. Faith is is desperation aimed at Jesus. The blind man's faith is demonstrated by his determination to take his need to the only one who can save him. He knows where to aim his desperation. What about you? See, family, Jesus wants your desperation, all your desperation, all your struggles and emptiness and sorrows. Like these are gateways to Jesus and his grace. With Jesus, your limitations are no longer liabilities. They are means by which God makes his power perfect in weakness. Jesus is looking for desperate people. He is looking for those who are longing, who are aware of their need, who cry out to him for help. See, maybe you thought your mess disqualified you from knowing God. But no, Jesus stops for desperate people. Let's aim our desperation at him. That's where this process begins. But second, notice um, that the process includes this decisive moment of transformation, a kind of immediate transition from blindness to sight. We see this in Bartimaeus' experience. Verse 52 says, Immediately he recovered his sight and followed Jesus on the way. In an instant, Jesus heals Bartimaeus' blindness And and Bartimaeus becomes a true disciple. Before he was sitting beside the road, but now he's following Jesus on the road. In Mark's gospel, that means discipleship. So there's this um, identifiable transition from darkness to light. And maybe you can point to a time in your own life when you experience this kind of immediate um, shift from darkness to light, a kind of conversion. When you saw for the first time who Jesus is and you were drawn into a relationship with him. Um, this process often includes a decisive moment like that, but notice too that uh, this decisive moment is part of an ongoing process. It's not a one and done kind of thing. Um, and this is highlighted in the experience of the disciples in the crowd, the people who are already following Jesus. 
It helps to imagine this. You know, Jesus is probably teaching as he and his disciples are making their way toward Jerusalem. The crowd is listening to him intently and enjoying being in his presence. So when Bartimaeus begins to cry out, I mean, it would have been a huge disruption. And the, the disciples in the crowd are trying to, dis, they're trying to silence him. They're saying, be quiet. It's like, don't you know who this is? You're being so disruptive. But Bartimaeus doesn't stop. He won't be silent. Instead, he just calls out even more loudly, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now, Jesus stops for desperate people. He isn't upset by the interruption. What he does next is so significant, though. See, he could have said, Bartimaeus, fine, you have my attention. Now come over here. He doesn't say that. Instead, he turns to the very people who had been trying to silence Bartimaeus to the very people who were trying to keep Bartimaeus in his place on the edges by the side of the road. And he says to them, you call him, you call him. See, Jesus is addressing the people who are already in some kind of relationship with him. They're already following him on the road. They're already responding to the call of discipleship. They've already experienced some measure of conversion, but Jesus is showing them that they need, they need continuing conversion. They already have some sight, but their vision is still pretty blurry. Their understanding of what it means to follow Jesus is too small. They need to grow more deeply into the gospel. It's like they've become so focused on themselves and their own experience with Jesus on the road that they've actually become a barrier to people like Bartimaeus, people who are on the sidelines, people who are overlooked and ignored and left out. Maybe they've forgotten that Jesus loves the people by the road as much as he loves the people on the road. Bartimaeus represents the low, the last, the least, the left out. He's poor, he's, he's blind, he's a beggar. Jesus has already taught his disciples that whoever welcomes someone like Bartimaeus welcomes Jesus himself. And the disciples are trying to silence Bartimaeus. The kingdom of God belongs to people like Bartimaeus and Jesus' followers are trying to keep him out. You see... Um, <laughs> They see, but they don't see. They have some sight, but their vision is still so blurry. And so Jesus says, you call him, you welcome him, you bring him to me. This is a moment of continuing conversion for them. He's reminding them of their true calling. And family, do you feel the challenge of this for us, for people who have been following Jesus for a while? Um, there's a difference um, there's a way of following Jesus that isn't really following Jesus. When we become so obsessed with him that we forget about the people on the sidelines, the left out, the marginalized. I wonder, who are the Bartimaeuses in our lives? How is God wanting to help you see them? How is God healing your vision? How might God want you to reach out to them? You call them. Well, the process of our vision being healed, um, it's this ongoing process of continuing conversion. Um, we also see in this passage that Jesus gives us sight when we meet him at the table. It's not explicit in this passage, of course, but but um, I'm thinking of the place in, in Luke where Jesus is on the road to Emmaus and uh, we read that when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. 
You know, whenever we gather around this table, we remember that Jesus takes our place as a poor blind beggar beside the road. I mean, we remember that Jesus goes to the side of the road so that we can be included on the road. We'll see this at the end of Mark's gospel when Jesus is taken to the edge of the city, off the road, up onto a hill, up onto a cross. We remember that there Jesus became poor for us. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. On the cross, Jesus is stripped of everything so that we can gain everything. We remember that Jesus um, even became a beggar for us, dependent on the generosity of others for his physical needs. Do you remember that? When, when he was thirsty on the cross, he had to call out and the soldiers raised a sponge so that he could drink. We remember that Jesus became blind. When Jesus is on the cross, we read that darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. So it's like for several hours while Jesus was on the cross, the sun was blotted out. There was this eclipse of light. But this physical darkness only pointed toward the spiritual darkness that Jesus was experiencing. We read that at three o'clock, Jesus um, cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's like the brilliance and radiance of God's love and light was completely hidden from Jesus as he suffered on the cross. So he's experiencing this ultimate kind of darkness, absolute blindness. Family, Jesus has become Bartimaeus for us. Can you see him doing that for you? Can you see that this is his love for you? This is how valuable you are to him, that he has faced this ultimate darkness of sin and death for you in your place. And so now, let him bring you into the light. And when he does, remember that his call is never only for you, but also for those on the sidelines, those who are left out on the margins. He calls us so that we will, in turn, call the Bartimaeuses of this world. Family, take heart. Get up. He is calling you. Believe the gospel. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.